0: Man, I hope y'all ready to get to it cuz I know I am. Welcome to another episode of Podcast About Nothing I am your host The Apex and here I go again. Y'all getting in this episode a little late. Um I I've been going through a, a couple things. Actually, I've like I don't want, you know what I'm saying cuz I have some family members that listen to my podcast so I don't want y'all to think that I'm just just hear me out first no saying before you hit Paul like I've been going through things on a um, personal level that my uh, myself and my family have been going through and I'm going to talk about it because I feel like I have a platform I receive um hundreds of listens. So it was like, you know, I need to put it out there. I'm not doing it this episode. I'm going to do it on the next episode that's dropping Wednesday. Um, but just know that the episode is coming and I don't know, like I've been hurt and traumatized by, um, by this a lot. Longer and a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be, and like it's a, it's just a a weight weighing on me, of hurt and pain. Um, and I and I'll be completely transparent with y'all. Um, and if you follow me on Instagram, then you you might have a clue on what I'm talking about. But I'm I'm going to discuss it Wednesday. I I actually wouldn't mind having um some of my family on my podcast to talk about it with me actually. But uh we'll 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 see. You know, and I, I kinda wanna record tomorrow. I'm not sure. My nephew's graduation is tomorrow. Uh shout out to um uh Rockvale High School class of twenty twenty. My nephew's graduating from there tomorrow. So I don't know if I'll be recording tomorrow or not, but I have family in out uh coming in out of town, and I, I kind of want to sit down with them and stuff like that too. So I I don't know yet. Uh, we'll see. But um, but that's gonna be an episode for Wednesday. Uh, I'm I'm gonna get this off real quick. But shout out to uh a custom to travel. Make sure y'all go follow them on Instagram. A custom to travel, all one word on IG for all your traveling desires. Uh shout out to Lechosas Hot Sauce. Make sure y'all go follow Lechosas Hot Sauce. All one word. That's L-E-C-H-O-S-A-S Hot Sauce. That's all one word. And shop on www.lechosa'shotsauce.com. sauce.com. Also, shout out to Ocita brand. Make sure y'all go uh hit them up, go follow them for your um high-fashioned taste that you may have. Like you know, what I'm saying I'm not really the the dressy up type of guy. I'm more basketball shorts with with Nike slides type of dude. But if you ever want to uh, jazz it up, class it up a little bit, make sure y'all go follow Cedar Brand. All my word on Instagram. I need to make their ad as well. Um, yeah. So we're gonna get into it. Y'all see, y'all see the name of the episode, man. Y'all see the name of the episode. Cancel me then. Y'all see the name of the episode, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I've been meaning to um, get this off for about a week, but I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it because, like I said, there was some things going on, but um, I'm here for it. I'm here with it today. I want to smoke today. And I want y'all to comment. I want y'all to try and attempt to drag me. That's what this episode is going to be for. Cancel me then. I got some things I got to say. I got some things I want to get off. Hey, I'm Sarah Genti from SGP radio, and you're listening to a podcast about nothing on SGP radio. Keep listening to them and much more on SGP radio. Download the Brandon Gerald production app for free for Android and iOS and enjoy a decade's worth of content. Also, don't forget to check out the Diamond Cash and Census podcast, the exclusive dollhouse podcast featuring Jenea and the SGP radio podcast with the host Gerald Roberts and so much more. Alright, so boom. This is a rant. And the and one thing I need people to understand is this, man. This is a ranting episode, right? Listening to this episode, I don't care to hear. All this self-hate. You hate black women. Isn't your sister black? Isn't your girlfriend black? Isn't your mom black? You have black women in your life. I love black women. And I love the black women in my life. But that doesn't mean that I hate black women. Listen. To all... The 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 black women that's in their 20s or 30s or for If you're one of those black women that's out here saying black women are being protected. I am getting sick and tired of y'all genre. I really am. I'm getting sick and tired of those black women. I'm sick and tired. And don't come to me with this. I'm misogynistic. It's because, so how come black women being hurt, how come black women being unprotected makes you, uh, how come black women not being protected makes you uncomfortable? That's good. That is making you uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm sick and tired of it. Imagine how sick and tired black women, shut up. Shut up. I am sick and tired of it. I said this about us as a whole with the black community. How long are you going to scream before you lose your voice? That's bars. Take it how you want. Okay. When are you going to see? Because, see, this is part of the problem with black people. This is our problem. We expect... Everyone to change around us to make things better for us because we refuse to see where we need to change. And black women got that bad. Refusing to see where they're at fault. Oh, we're not at fault. Black women are more likely to be raped. So are you victim shaming? See? That right there, that right there is playing the victim. I know that there's black women uh, getting abducted. There's black girls being kidnapped. Black women and black girls are being forced into human trafficking. Black women and black girls are being killed. Black women and black girls are being verbally and mentally and physically abused. I acknowledge all of that. I acknowledge that there needs to be a change. I acknowledge the fact that that is wrong. I acknowledge the fact that we should do a better job at protecting black women. That's not the issue here. The issue here is black women spewing this rhetoric of this rhetoric of we should no longer protect black men because they don't protect black women. How divisive is that? How toxic is that? Because then it turns into a chicken and the egg thing because black men don't feel protected by black women. Black women are going to feel protected by black men and vice versa. And around and around this merry-go-round we go. Well, you're a black man, so you should be strong. You should be protecting us. Also, as black men, you should be weak and vulnerable and let us in. I will keep you safe, but I don't want to protect you. Which one is it? I was watching Boondocks, right? Fantastic show, of course. And it was the episode where Martin Luther King Jr., if he would have survived his assassination attempt, What would the world have been like? Very fascinating episode. So when this episode took place, I think Martin Luther King would have been in his 70s. When this episode took place. Uh, Like late 70s. Now there's iPods. All this other stuff is in the world. Now Martin Luther King is trying to adapt because he's been in a coma for the last 50 years. And... So Martin Luther King Jr. goes to a church because people are throwing this. Martin Luther King woke up out of his coma party, and you know how niggas are. So Martin Luther King Jr. goes, and you see black people acting like niggas. And so I'm going to read y'all, right, the speech that they had Martin Luther King um That uh, they had Martin Luther King uh, Jr.'s speech. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bring it up. So Martin Luther King Jr. had a speech on the episode of Boondocks, right? And it was it was a great speech. I can't find it now. Um, Here we go. All right, so, Martin Luther King had a speech at his little thanks for waking up by your coma party, and this is what he said, right? Is this it? Is this what I got all those whoopings for? I had a dream once. It was a dream that little black boys and little black girls would drink from the river of prosperity, freed from the thirst of oppression. But lo and behold, some four decades later, what have I found? but a bunch of trifling, shiftless, good-for-nothing niggas. And I know some of you don't want to hear me say that word. It's the ugliest word in the English language. But that's what I see now, niggas. And you don't want to be a nigger. Because niggas are living contradictions. Niggas are full of unfulfilled ambitions. Niggas wax and wane. Niggas love to complain. Niggas love to hear themselves talk but hate to explain. Niggas love being another man's judge and jury. Niggas procrastinate until it's time to worry. Niggas love to be late. Niggas hate to hurry. Black entertainment television is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And then so on and so forth. But that's what it is. We're walking contradictions. And this is what I'm going to rope this in to 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 black women of this generation. They want to be seen as, I guess, equal to black men. They want to be seen in the same way that black men are seen as, but yet they, don't, they, they want to be, I'm a strong black woman, but I'm weak and I want you to protect me. I'm going through all of this and I want you to protect me. So now we have to rewire our brain into, okay, they want us to protect them, but then they don't want our help. So I don't, we don't, we honestly don't know what you want because I don't think black women know exactly how they want us to go about in giving them what they want. It's hard to say you want something when you can't even explain how you want to get it. So it's just a, I'm going to say what I want and I want you to figure out how I want it. That's what children do, like toddlers, because they don't have the the vocabulary to express how they want things or what they want. They just know, hey, I'm whining, I'm crying, I want something, but I don't have the the the, um, com- the vocal, com- the vocabulary capacity to express what I want. You got to figure it out. That's what toddlers do. You are a grown-up. But they don't know how to express it. They want something, but don't know how to tell us that they want something. So we're told to listen to black women. But a lot of the talking is just in circles. So what's been going on... With J. Cole, if y'all don't know the rapper J. Cole, and then another artist by the name of No Name, right? She put out a tweet, and I'm paraphrasing it because I'm not bringing it up. Um, This is what we're going through. This is what's happening. Your favorite rappers and favorite artists haven't sent out a tweet. They haven't said anything. They're not doing anything. J. Cole was out protesting out in uh, North Carolina where he's from, and Then he released a song and he said, basically, look, y'all looking to me because I have college degrees, I'm uninformed just like everybody else. I don't know what to do just like everybody else. I don't know what to say just like everybody else. And I feel like she was talking to me. So how about, uh, you know, instead of being condescending and talking down on me, how about you teach me, you show me how you want me to go about doing things. And people attacked J. Cole talking about, man, you're attacking no name. See, this is exactly what we're talking about. Black men not protecting black women. All I said was, if you want me to do something, how about you teach me how to do what you want me to do? Because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And people made this a uh, Black man versus black woman thing when really no name was just saying, Yo, we're being murdered in the streets, we need change. And here, y'all favorite rappers go, Not uh, speaking up. And J. Cole was like, I don't know how, I don't know what to say, even like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to tell people to do, I don't even know what to do, I don't know how I should lead a revolution. But somehow, it was made a it was made into this black woman versus black man thing. And it wasn't that. People were saying that he was attacking her. How? When he said that, uh, yo, yo, like she's been doing a lot. She's a, a, a real beacon for change. she's um very educated in this whole activism realm. I'm not. So instead of talking down on me, how about you show me what I should do? How I should reach a vast amount of people? How about you you show me that instead of looking at me and saying, "Well, you're stupid for not you're trash for not speaking up. You garbage for for just not doing anything." And J Cole said, "Loki, I feel like she's talking about me. She didn't say any names. She was just saying some of y'all favorite artists aren't doing or saying or tweeting or, or like any to to anything to help further the cause." Cole was like, "I don't know what I'm supposed to do," but people said that as him attacking her. And then people are saying, "Well, well." This, once again, shows that if a black woman speaks up and speaks out, we're told to quiet down. I I didn't say to quiet down, sis. I'm happy that you're speaking up. All I'm saying is show me how. What What is it that I'm supposed to do? Because you're more educated in this than I am. He came vulnerable. He He came to you in a way where it was like, I have my hands out to you. Once again, black men needs black women to do everything. So when we come to you in a vulnerable state, we're called weak. But then when we put up this wall, we're, we're told that we're misogynistic. We're told that we're egotistical. We're called like, what, what do you want? It's always a know what I'm thinking before I think it. it is always that. Not looking for pity here. I'm looking for understanding that you spit out all of this and it's like, all right, but but you're, you're wrong in a sense of this way. Like you, you, you feel this way and I understand how you feel, but it's wrong. Like, it's OK for people to feel how you feel, but be able to be told that you're wrong. And, and, and that right there is the reason why as black men and black women, like the younger generation, the generation that's looked at as, OK, is I'm about to be 30 next year. So it's really like it's on us now. It's on my generation to get this done between the ages of I'll probably say 88 between the years if you was born between the years of I'll say 87 86 to about 94 it's on us now it's on us now where we are at the age of we are at the age of it's on us to keep things going to make things right we're at that age now where we're either in your mid twenties or you're in your mid thirties It's on us now It's up to us to prepare the next generation because we're no longer the next generation. we are the current generation. It's up to us now to prepare the next generation, and I feel like we're really I feel like we're really messed up. Because the previous generation didn't prepare us. I feel like we are, we, are, we are really the first generation that shows the lack of preparation from our predecessors. We're the first generation example of not being prepared by the generations that came before us. We're the first example of that. My generation is the first example of what it looks like when the older generation didn't prepare the younger. We're the first example of that. I really believe that. Because even the generations before us, they still had some of that fight instilled in them. You know, if you grew up in the 80s, if you grew up in the 90s, And, like, if you're in your 40s now, you still had that bit of fight instilled in you. We don't have that. We're almost starting from scratch. Like, we kind of have to look at, like, visually what y'all did. Like, the the generations that came before us. We have to visually look at and study what y'all did. And then try to implement it in ourselves. And implement it in the generations after us. That's tough to do. Whereas for the people that are in their 40s. And maybe even 50s. It was instilled in y'all. But y'all didn't instill it in us. So now we have to watch what y'all did. Instill it in us. And then teach the generations behind us. How they instill it in the generations that's going to be coming up behind them. So we're teaching ourselves while at the same time trying to be an example for the generations behind us. And I feel like the only generation that ha- that did what we did was maybe in the civil rights era. It's like We're kind of the product of and and maybe not even maybe it was the era where slaves were trying to run to freedom because it's like nobody taught us how to fight for our freedom. We got to just do it on a whim, but then they instilled it in the generations behind them. That's where the civil rights era came from. They had it instilled in them. And then they instilled it in the generation behind them. But then that's where it stopped. Because the generation behind them didn't instill it in the generation behind them. It was a, no, we we have the right to vote now. Like, now you can go off to the military, come back, and you get the same equal rights bill and all this other stuff. You you, you get all of that if you're a veteran. You're able to vote. You're able to be a teacher. You're able to read and write, and it's not illegal. Uh, We're not really being hanged like that anymore. Now, what's going on with the cops? Okay. So, y'all good. And then that generation had kids which is where we, my generation come in at. Like, if you're a part of my generation and you have older siblings like I do, then it's like, okay, we have the right to vote. We can go get a car. We can learn to read and write. We can go to college. We can get a nice paying job. We can be an owner. We can be a CEO. We have Barack Obama. He became president. So the generation before my generation didn't have to really fight for much. So there was nothing to instill in us because the two generations, three generations up from me did all the fighting. So now the generation before me is like, well, we didn't even have to fight. So what are we telling y'all to fight for? So now here we are having to fight and we're being called, yo, you got to lead us. And it's like, we don't know what to do. Cause nobody ever never told us anything. We like, we weren't told anything. We were told that, no, you can vote. You can be president. Like we we've seen these things happen. We've seen great things that black people have accomplished. It was like, oh, okay, we're good. And then it's like, no, we're still getting killed in the streets by police. What do we do? And we don't know what to do because we've spent the majority of our youth talking about black women can't be trusted, black men can't be trusted, Uh, niggas ain't this, black women ain't that, black men are dogs, black women are gold diggers. We've spent so much time doing that that now we've become so disconnected from each other. And we've lost our way. And now when it's time for us to come together and fight for the same cause, we can't stop blaming each other. We can't put aside petty differences. And I'm not saying rape is petty. But we, we can't overlook The years that brought us to this point of not trusting each other, not loving each other, not wanting to be around each other. Like there are black women out there that legitimately and literally, and I said legitimately and literally hate black men because of what black men in their lives have done. There are black men that legitimately and literally hate black women because of how they were treated by black women. And those black women treated black men that way because of how black men treated them. It's, I would say, a generation of of hate within the own community. And I really do believe for those of you listening right now that are in your 50s and 40s, it is your fault. Because y'all paved the way for us to not trust niggas. Meaning black people, period. Didn't raise the previous generation up. See, what what y'all did was y'all projected on my generation that you should just know right from wrong. No one ever taught my generation right from wrong. We were just expected to know right from wrong. So, how some of these black boys and some of these black men that are my age treat black women, they were expected to know how to treat black women, they were never taught. they were just expected to know, because those of you that are in your 40s and 50s didn't take the time out to raise us correctly. Now, when I say us, I'm not talking about particularly me. But I'm saying me, I'm saying us as a generation of black men, we weren't taught. We weren't taught anything. So we had to look to our friends for advice. We had to look to rap music for advice and video games and movies and TV shows. As a way to. Approach police officers as a way to approach black women as a way to approach each other. Because. We were expected how to treat black women. Like, it was just an expectation. We weren't taught anything. Same thing with black women of my age group, of my generation. They don't know how to approach black men. They weren't taught how. They just watched their love and hip-hop shows and all these other reality TV shows. They listened to music. They watched TV. And then they went off of what their single black mom said and approached black boys and approached black men accordingly. The generation before my generation failed us. And then they Taunt us for it. That's where the gap is. That's where the difference is. That's the issue with black people. We refuse to see fault in anything that we do. We don't see the fault in anything we do. So then we pass that down to the next generation. And then we see the next generation because my generation started having kids at a very alarming early age. I don't know how many girls was in the freshman class, in a sophomore class that was pregnant. Like I remember looking around as a senior. I remember seeing sophomores pregnant, freshmen pregnant. At my senior graduation, my senior graduation, there were four girls pregnant on graduation day. Some were a bit further along than others, but there were four of them. Four. 17 and 18 years old, pregnant. I remember being a junior. And there was a sophomore girl in my, in my um, Algebra 2, in my Algebra 4 class. It was some Algebra class. It was some, I don't even think it was Algebra, it was some Math class I was in. I was a junior, she was a sophomore, pregnant. I think like four or five months. So now you have that 15-year-old girl is 28 now. and she has a 12 or a 13 year old. There are some girls who got pregnant at 13 or 14 years old. They have the same age gap between their child that my oldest brother have with me. And then we get taunted for it. Where were you when the responsibility was on you to raise us? Where, where were you? And then we taunt the generation behind us for eating Tide Pods. Well, they probably wouldn't be eating Tide Pods if their mom was only 31 years old and they're 15. It's our fault as well, because through our adult years, we continued to blame the generation that came before us, that we didn't even bother to try and figure things out and do things the right way, because we didn't take any blame for our actions either, because we continue to blame the generation that came before us. No one is raising the the next generation because we're too busy bickering and arguing with the generation that came before ours because now the generation behind us is going to come up and blame us. Well, y'all wasn't there. That's why we was out here killing each other at 16 years old, robbing stores, getting killed because we had no place to go. Because now my generation, because now we're the next ones up to take over the White House and other governor seats and other governing seats. Now we're the next ones up because now we're approaching our 30s. And that's usually about the age when you start kind of moving up in places. So what do we do? Do we continue to just look out for ourselves? Because that's really the one thing that the generation before mine taught us. Look out for yourself. So do we continue to just do the same thing? Look, man, I know that they failed us. I know that they didn't show us the right way. But it's up to us now. We have to look at the generation behind us and say, yo, it stops with us. It stops here. We got to get it together, yo. Now, I can't let this episode finish without telling you all about the greatest, tastiest, hottest hot sauce in the hot sauce game. They chose us hot sauce. You can take my word for it. They sent me two free bottles so I can have a little taste. It's the hottest out there. It's the hottest out there. And if you're really into spicy foods, pick up some Lechosa's hot sauce. That's L E C H O S A S, hot sauce. You can find their website on www.lechosashotsauce.com. Follow them on Instagram at Lechosa's hot sauce. Again, it's www.LechosasHotSauce.com Pick up a bottle and let them know that Podcast About Nothing sent you. It's our own fault. We have to blame each other, man. For No, actually, it's not about, it's no longer about blaming one another. It's just accepting that we all have played a part In the dysfunction of the black community. I've said this on other episodes. I'll say it again. We have to stop blaming white people for this. Because now is at the point, they don't even have to turn us on each other anymore. We're doing a damn good job of that ourselves. I'm sick and tired of black women and I'm sick and tired of black men. I love y'all to death, but I'm sick and tired of all of y'all. But I love y'all all the same. Like you can be sick and tired of somebody, but still have love for them. You know what I'm saying? How they just get on your last nerves On your last nerve. How people say like, man, you got some nerve. No, I don't. Because you're on the last one. I'm sick and tired of y'all. But I love y'all with all of my heart. And I want all of us to do better. Stop sweeping black families. Stop sweeping things under the rug. Stop sweeping things under the rug. Yeah, I know you got that uncle or that cousin that sometimes just don't act right. Stop acting like everything's normal when it's not. Stop ignoring things. Educate. Educate issues. Stop replicating them. We practice dysfunction in the black community. We practice it. And then we wonder where things went wrong. Black parents, stop thinking you're above apologizing to your children. Stop it. If you've done wrong by them, apologize to them. Show some restraint, show some patience, show some damn compassion for your black children, because when they get out in the world, they're not going to get any of that. Teach them, show them compassion. Be a leader of action. Show some compassion, show some understanding, show some patience Because then when they walk out of your front door and they go out into the world on their own, they're able to show the same traits that was shown to them to others. Will be willing to sit down with your black children and allow them to vent, allow them to get things off of their chest, allow them to voice their their concerns and their worries, allow them to cast those worries onto you. Be there for them. Stop being so busy. Take a day off from work just so that you can sit down with your black children and ask them about things that they've seen on the internet. Ask them about things that they've heard while playing video games online that they've seen on TV. Ask your black children about their mental health. Stop making it seem like where you're just a child and you don't know. Because they're going to grow up as a black adult and not know things and be ignorant to things. And be oblivious to things, because as a child, they were groomed to be told they were groomed to not know. That it's okay that you don't know because you're a child. I understand you want to protect their innocence, but that's ignorance. Innocence is ignorance. Stop allowing your child to be ignorant. Uh, I'm not saying because there are black parents that force their children to grow up too fast, there's a medium. There, not allowing them to grow up too fast, but also allowing them to grow up. Black moms, single black moms I know Father's Day was just yesterday. Single black moms, stop looking at your black sons as equals, stop looking at your black sons as your black king. He is your child forever and always. Your child. He is never to have rule or domain over you. You are the parent. Parent. Stop trying to be friends with your kids. Stop trying to get them to like you. Parent. Stop trying to get your kid. Because, like I said, we we try to grow up the black kids too fast. But then there's a, 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 a line of single black moms, at least, that have these black sons. And granted, a black woman doesn't know how to raise a black son. But you do still have a responsibility to be a parent to that black boy. You still have a responsibility. Stop babying your black sons. And then when it's time for them to become an adult and they don't know how to wash clothes, they don't know how to wash a dish, they don't know how to cook. They don't know how to be self-efficient because they're used to having a black woman take care of them. Guess what they're going to look for when they get out in the world? You guessed it. A black woman to take care of them. They don't even know what it's like to uphold and carry a certain load of the weight. Like They don't even know how to carry their own weight. Because they never had to, because they always had a black woman to take care of it for them. Don't be that single black mom that looks at her black son and does everything for him because, oh, that's my kid. That's my king. That's how he should be treated with respect. He is your child. Give him some responsibility. And then you get upset at them for growing up and not knowing how to be responsible. Don't wait until I turn 18 to be like, oh, no, you got to get out. You got to do a job. You got to do this. You got to do that. You didn't prepare me. Understand when you are at fault. It's okay to do things wrong and to acknowledge that you've done things wrong. But you have to be willing to get better. You have to be willing to make the proper change instead of just looking at, well, you did something wrong to me, so I should not have to change. You, too, have to change. It's not just all on that person. Sorry to tell you. Sorry to break it to you. It's not just all on that person. Because you too can have thought in the way somebody treats you, even if it's in the wrong manner. You too could have done something differently that could have prevented you from being treated a certain way. Not in every instance, but in some, yeah. You too could have done something differently. So learn how to Be different, change, show, and improve. That's why why I'm learning in uh, counseling. That's why I'm learning. That sometimes you can't just cast all blame on that person. There are things that you could have done differently to prevent some things from happening. You do have a certain sense of control. But you got to acknowledge that. It's not victim blaming, it's not victim shaming, and it's not playing the victim either. I only say these things, man, to leave y'all with something like, I'm just hoping to spark some type of conversation, man. That's all that this is about. I love y'all. I want to see us do better. I love you with all my heart, all of you. But we got to come together, man. We have to. This has been another episode of podcast about nothing. I've been your host, Dave Pez. Until the next time, um, stay thriving, striving, striding. Never be complacent. Always be consistent. Until the next time, yo. Peace out.